the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Good to be with you. I am Pastor Scott. You can call and join the conversation right now by calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. One of the great things about having a radio call-in show like this one is that we can connect with our audience and do ministry with people who may not be um, actually asking the same questions that they would uh, anywhere else. It's an amazing thing. And one of the biggest Christian talk show, probably the biggest Christian call-in talk show, I think, is New Life Live with Steve Arterburn. He's going to be with me here in just a minute. Here's some examples of calls that come in during his program, New Life Live. After work, I listen to you. I drive home to you. And it just helps me with questions that I'm having with my marriage, with my family everything. I am so blessed to have new life in my life. I just wanted to say to whoever's listening that you guys saved my life. Every time I'm troubled or I have a problem, I'll cut on new life. And there's always, always something that is said that is helpful to me. By listening, I have learned more than I can ever express about how God wants me to live. Well, people are sure going through stuff today. And with me to talk about that is Steve Arterburn. He is the founder and chairman of New Life Ministries and host of the nationally syndicated Christian counseling talk show, New Life Live, which was named the 2023 Radio Show of the Year by the NRB, which is National Religious Broadcasters Organization. And New Life Live can be heard right here on KKLA in Los Angeles or wherever you uh, can find that on your radio app from 2 to 3 daily. And also here to tell you that he is going to be at our KKLA Impact Pastors Conference at Azusa Pacific University that's coming up on September 21st. Steve Arterburn, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you, and uh, thanks for playing those clips. You know, it's wonderful. Over 20 years, we have three people that like the show, and so... uh, Yeah, three people. Well, you know, that's all it takes to be the show of the year uh, these days. By the way, you're the 2023 show of the year, so we're only halfway through. Does that put a lot of pressure on the second half of the year to live up to that uh, on your show? Well, let me tell you, we, we've we been trying to win that for 20 years. So I think they finally said, look, just give it to the people there. Yeah, well, after all the letter writing and, and uh, you know, bribes and people calling those people. You know, when you yeah, start handing right. out the phone number of people who vote for that, uh, they'll pay more attention. Right. Yeah, well, it's, it's great. It, but it is a great honor to get to do the show and to deal with someone who actually takes your advice. You know, I mm. told a mother one time, uh, she said, I can't kick my son out on the street. I said, well, kick him out onto the driveway. He'll get, he'll get hit in the street. And she said she did it. And he is a healthy, happy young man now. So it's wonderful that they take the advice. And those are the, those are the best stories. We, we need to take the advice. Uh, there is, you know, there is life and freedom in taking good counsel. It's got to be good counsel. 
Uh, it does. You know, yeah. obviously. How does a person get to be a good people picker? Well, you know, I think you have to be around uh, good people. And, uh, you know, I picked her mother, and her mother is a fantastic uh, woman. Just took some women up to um, the Tetons and did Bible teaching for four days. And, you know, she's a Bible commentator and uh, beautiful, and and people love her. They just get engaged to her and she picked me so you know i think i think we did a pretty good job on each other and she's around that and so she's got two older brothers and a younger brother and they all are just really street wise people and so it rubbed off on her but i'm telling you she we can watch a movie and she'll figure out the plot before anybody else even thinks about the plot. So it's a great, great kid. <laughs> yeah. You know, in, in thinking about that, that I think is something that you get calls about, and I get calls about that, is people picking, right? And yeah. and there there is a skill or something you at least have to put into practice. Because what I find is, and I'm sure that you find this too, is that so often, sometimes that's the relationships, whether it be friends or romantic relationships, continue to be the same relationship over and over again. You know, how does somebody yeah. break through that? Well, first of all, most likely you got back into a relationship too quickly. And so you need to grieve the loss of the one you had. You need to forgive them for leaving you or whatever it is. And time and questions, I think, are really important. You, you need to slow down. Don't be desperate. Take your time over time. You know, I wrote a book, um, Finding Mr. Right, and uh, another one, Is This the One? And it suggested you go through every holiday with the person. The reason is that gives you a year before mm. you would make any kind of commitment. And so I think it's time. And then ask them the tough questions. So uh, tell me about pornography and you. And if the guy says never looked at it, that's kind of interesting because most everybody it's popped up somewhere. But if he says, you know, this is something that was a problem. I uh, dealt with it. I, I have these filters on that. You know that. And then and tell me why the last relationship didn't work out for you. That's really important. So having uh, the courage to ask questions that might cause you to get answers that would cause you to break up. That's what you need to be doing. Yeah, that is great advice. And I can tell you, for 25 years of marriage counseling, it's a bad thing that uh, when those questions come up for the first time after there's already engagement and the yeah. invitations have gone out and you're sitting in front of me and, uh, you know, and you have that conversation and it's the first yeah. time they've ever had it. And the courageous people, the brilliant, courageous people, stand up at that wedding date and tell people that came, uh, well, we rented this place, we got food, we've got uh, great music, let's have a good time, but we're not going to get married tonight because mm. uh, it's just not not the right thing right now. That takes a lot of courage, but boy, does that ever prevent years of pain it does. and suffering. Yeah, it does. So, you know, and I think uh, what I've noticed is that I think that more more lonely than single people are often married people, and uh, there's so much work that uh, it's it's not hard work, but you have to do it. And sometimes it's hard in the marriage, but you got to have those conversations even after you get married. You know, as we you grow do. older. Yeah. Yeah. 
Also, I think uh, one of the things missing in a lot of people's toolkit is the the ability to repair the relationship when hurt or conflict or something uh, comes up and you make a little bit of a mistake, overreact, whatever. You need to be able to repair that. And uh, I think that's always tough, but always rewarding. Yeah. You wrote a series of books that you call uh, the Freedom Books, 100 Days to Freedom. There are a lot of different yeah. subjects. They're great subjects, overeating, shame, anger, depression, fear, anxiety, you know, and all of these things, there's more than that. And all of those things are things that overwhelm us in our own life. But I think that today there's a social pressure on some of those things to not deal with them. Have you experienced that? For example, overeating, you know, there's one that says, well, now it's fat shaming if you bring it up so we can't talk about it, eat whatever you want. Yeah. And that seems like it's a new pressure. Well, I'm... <laughs> I'm glad somebody did some fat shaming on me. Uh, you know, I used to weigh 60 pounds more than I do. Now, they didn't have to do that. But um, I do see, uh, on the one hand, people saying, I need to be comfortable with this body that I have that's too large for most people. But I'm going to learn to become. But on the other hand, when it comes to gender and things like that, if I don't feel comfortable then I need to change my gender is the message there. Mm. So it's really uh, interesting to see the different messages in different places. My guest is New Life Live, Steve Arterburn, and uh, you can go to his website, newlifelive.com, to learn more. You know, Steve, let's talk about the, the gender question, because we get into that so often today, but a lot of it has to do with trying to find a a way to be comfortable with things that, uh, really need to be dealt with in another way? Well, it, all other ways certainly should be explored, anybody struggling. And, and there are different types of struggle. One is a person who maybe even they were misidentified by a physician as to their gender, because uh, sometimes it's confusing at, at uh, birth. But there are other folks that they're just following a trend and it would be so great if someone would help them find online all of these folks who have made the transition and are angry, uh, upset that somebody didn't stop them from making some permanent changes. And that group of people is growing. Mm. And, you know, here's the thing. No matter what you choose to do, you must realize this. I've never seen this uh, refuted. No one thing changes everything. I mean, even accepting Christ, you you must now be discipled and the sanctification process needs to take place and you need to grow in character. Uh, even if you're delivered, most people, um, if, I mean, if you're delivered from something, miraculous, wonderful, but you're not delivered into character, you still have work to do. Yeah. Um you know, when we're uh, we're thinking about that, what advice would you give to parent or grandparent or even a friend? who is in that situation where maybe they're dealing with a child or grandkid who is getting sucked into these conversations that where they're going to make, you know, life changing decisions that most of the time they're going to regret. Uh, and I think that's different. I was remembering that when I was younger, maybe high school age, there was this goth movement and everyone dressed in black and dog collars yeah. and stuff, but they weren't doing anything permanent. Right. They just hide those pictures today or laugh at them but they grew out of it. Now people are making health decisions that are lifelong. 
you know, what advice do you give? At parents? a very young age, they're not making them. The parents are letting them move that direction. That's right. And we we went to a pediatrician for years, same pediatrician. And uh, the last time we were there, um, he was talking about transitioning a child hmm. and uh, these parents wanting this for the child. And we just couldn't go back there because, you know, it really is child abuse in my mind to take a child and change and and do surgery and things like that and start with the hormones. I would recommend that every uh, parent that thinks that's a good thing, uh, that they just Google Sprinkle. He's got a, uh, a, a, a podcast and Helena and listen to her story because she was transitioning from woman to man, taking testosterone and she discovered something that it, it was uh, kind of getting swept up in like a cult. And she looked at the women with eating disorders and what they were posting. She said it was almost identical, hmm. same thing. And so then she started doing research. Brilliant woman. But I tell you, you have to think twice after you see the interview with her. And that would be if people Google uh, literally Sprinkle and Helena, H-E-L-E-N-A, you'll come up with yeah. it. You'll see it right on top. I just did that, actually. And so yeah. it's it's right there. And, I, you know, these stories of detransition are more and more common today. And that's another reason to put the brakes on if you're thinking about this. And I know people. I've got people in my extended family who have said, well, you know, we're letting our child grow up and pick their gender and whatever. And you're going, well, I think he's picked. But uh, – uh, there's a lot of social pressure to head this way, uh, particularly for young people. What's the best step out? Is it to listen to these stories? It is. And, you know, um, a pastor, my previous pastor, uh, was counseling a guy that wanted to transition. And all of a sudden, of course, he stops coming. And six months later, uh, he comes to church and he's wearing a dress and he's made the transition. Position. And my pastor saw, recognized him, her, and went over and gave a big hug and said, I'm so glad you're back. Now, really, that that's that's the Jesus mm-hmm. response. You're, you're not going to change that person when they've uh, made that transition. And your hope is to be Jesus to them all through the process. And people that threaten or, or disown a child... Uh, I think that's the worst reaction that you could possibly have. I think that is is really critical. You know, and today the church is going to have to deal with this. Pastors, people in church, we're the one place that can tell the truth with grace and mercy. But we have to be able to do that. And with the politics and other things involved, I don't know that the the church has wrapped its arms around how to do this yet. You know, you're going to speak at our pastor's conference. This is talking to Steve Arterburn. He's the founder and chairman of New Life Ministries, newlife.com. I think I said newlifelive.com earlier, but it's newlife.com. And, you know, when you think about this and you're going to talk to pastors, you know, by extension, you're also talking to anybody who's listening right now, right? Because you're impacting them. What do pastors need to do on subjects like this? Well, I want to clarify that I'm probably um, as conservative as anyone in my beliefs uh, that anyone that you would find. I don't uh, practice those beliefs and push them on people. And, and I'm not on that side of it. I'm not the moralist person who thinks everybody's bad 
and I'm certainly not the hedonist on the other end of the spectrum that thinks everything's okay. I am a very conservative uh, Christian, but I know this, conservative Christians need to put love at the front of everything that they do. And so I would say to any pastor, hey, you need to read some stuff. You need to listen to some people. You need to listen to people that have gone through it. You need to know folks. And you, if you have any bitterness, resentment, anger, you need to resolve that because um, we've got a great opportunity here to help people, help people find Christ because they discover, I just made this big change here and it didn't make everything go away that I hated. That, I think, is uh, <clears throat> it's very good advice that we have to listen. You know, I think that we fail. Yeah. We fail to listen to each other. That's true in our marriages, right? That's true. And um, there's a comedian. Uh, I think he's a Christian, actually. And one of the funniest things he goes, you know, I've been married 17 years and we keep having this conversation. And she keeps saying to me, you're not listening to a word that I say. And he said, you know, I've always heard that part. You know, <laughs> he just hasn't heard the rest of it. Right. You know, and we're yeah. so divided kind of as a, a country. What's the best way to listen to somebody who well, is coming actually, to yeah. You actually have to want to hear what the person is going through. You have to, uh, you know, if you're a narcissist, you have no empathy for this person, that this has been a struggle, that, you know, people don't just wake up in the morning and go, I think I'll make this change. They They get lured into it. And, you know, in the beginning, when after Al Gore invented the uh, Internet, uh, you know, people, they'd say, well, you can't believe that because it's just off the Internet. You can't trust that. Now, people, that's their whole source of information hmm. is social media and trends and other folks. And it's just so sad to me that they get caught up in it. And so I listen. I care. I, if you're a pastor, you have to literally want the best for this person, not criticizing them and judging them, but you have to want the best and share with them how you feel, share with them what you want for every person. If you feel the need uh, to do that, I think they probably know already what you think and feel, but be available. And when they leave your office, Hopefully, they will have a sensation. That guy really cared about me. He really wanted to make a connection. It's that kind of listening that makes a difference. And that matters a lot. Pastors, if you're listening, the KKLA Impact Pastor Conference is September 21st. It's at Azusa Pacific, and there's information at kkla.com, so I want you to click on that. And uh, Steve Arterburn will be one of the presenters there. We're looking forward to that. Steve, at New Life, you have lots of different uh, ministries, and you offer a lot of help in different ways. The radio show, of course, that's on every day, and the uh, ability for people to call in. Also, I encourage everybody to go to newlife.com, click on events, or go to newlife.com slash workshops, and you see some of these. So the everyman's battle, and, and if you haven't figured it out, that's about sexual addiction and pornography for men and lapses in their sexual integrity. You said it earlier, you know, it used to be uh, more complicated, but now it's on the Internet. It's everywhere, and you, yeah. you're you're not going to avoid it. You need to learn how to uh, deal with it. Well, and, you know, people question whether it's a real addiction. Mm. And I have to tell you, uh, it, it is. And if if you have become accustomed to looking at pornography and all that goes with it, 
And then you just make a decision. I'm not going to do this ever again. And it just comes flat. It'd be like being a recovering alcoholic. And every uh, five minutes, somebody comes in and says, here, would you like a bottle of vodka? I mean, it, right. it's, it's so, so pervasive. And so I give guys a lot of credit for sticking with it, for sustaining their victory, getting in a life recovery group, uh, have Christ as your higher power, but you need all the help you can get to stay on the course that we help you set at every man's battle. So check it out. Go to newlife.com. Steve Arterburn, thanks for being with me on the Pastor Scott Show. And yeah, and I'll see you at at the uh, Impact Conference. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Impact Pastors Conference, September 21st, Azusa Pacific University, right here in the L.A. area. So go to kkla.com and click the Impact Pastors Conference banner to learn more about that. Uh, Steve Arterburn, thanks for being with me, and thanks for everything you're doing, and congratulations on your, your award. Did they give you a trophy, or is it a, or is it a uh, printout or something? What did they give it was you? A, well, it was a plexiglass thing and a little certificate also. So All right. Uh, got it, you know, I sleep with it, and uh, it's it's fantastic. All right. Well, very good. Well, thanks for joining me on the Pastor Scott Show. And uh, everybody, the website again is newlife.com, newlife.com. Steve Arterburn, thanks for being with us. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, Tuesday afternoon. Hope you're having a great afternoon wherever you may be. Number is 888-528-2557. Have you ever fudged the details of something so that whoever's receiving your comment or your your work, whatever it is, that they'll be much more likely to accept it? Oh, I clicked the wrong thing. I have this great... Let me do that again here. Why did I get that wrong? Here we go. What's wrong with that? There we go. That's Arnold. Thank you. What's wrong with that? Well, I clicked the wrong thing, Arnold. What's wrong with that? I know, but anyway... I I missed that point here. But here's the point once again. Have you ever fudged the details of something so that whoever you're giving that to receives it better? And at what point is it acceptable when it's basically a lie? Meaning, you know, at what point is it acceptable to do that? And when is it basically a lie? And I'll confess something. In my undergraduate, I don't think I ever did this in seminary, but in my undergraduate, I used to toss things into research papers that I knew my professors were going to love. And I didn't necessarily agree with that. I wrote this whole paper once on praising FDR as one of the greatest presidents in the history of, you know, greatest leaders ever. And I mean, I praised him, praised him, praised him. And uh, I did that because this was a World War II class and that professor loved FDR. He thought FDR was the greatest thing. (laughs) I wrote, I wrote this, it was almost cheesy. And I got an A on that paper. And I got to say, I didn't necessarily disagree with what I was saying, but it was way beyond you know, I didn't. I didn't allow for any criticism of uh, our, of FDR. Anyway, you know, when do we do this, and do we do this sometimes, uh, even as Christians? You know, just get people more interested in the faith. You know, I think we do sometimes. I think uh, deliberately, often we we might, uh, you know, not read the hard stuff or not go through the hard passages because you know. Sometimes I think we do it because we are we're embarrassed by it. You know, or maybe we don't really understand it or we're afraid how 
it's going to be received. You know, Jesus as judge is often harder to teach than Jesus as um, one who gives us grace. Uh, on the other hand, some people have the opposite. You know, they never teach grace. It's always Jesus as judge. And, uh, you know, sometimes we get that wrong. Sometimes I think it's, uh, you know, efficiency, because sometimes harder things in the scriptures uh, when you're teaching it or studying, doing a Bible study, it just takes more study, right? And sometimes just some efficiency. But it, whatever the case is, when we don't really tell the whole story, when we when we fudge or when we exaggerate or we leave something out or we add something in, you know, it's not acknowledging the whole counsel of God. You end up with believers who barely know anything about God, or worse, you end up with unbelievers who think they are believers because they do religious things and they think that's knowing God. Yeah, I was thinking about this because it's something that we do as as humans. You know, I think, and, you know, in a world where we want to not be deceived, as we've talked about so often, you know, we have to recognize that we're never really getting the full story of anything, right? There's always details that are left out deliberately or not deliberately or because they're unknown or there's not enough time to give you all of that. I mean, I get you for two hours a day, you know, and I don't have the ability to tell you everything that I'm thinking about. And even if I did, I wouldn't always be, uh, you know, get it all in. Um, you know, the thing is with uh, the church is when we do this is that we're not really solving our spiritual problem if we can't really understand why Jesus came and what he actually did for us on the cross, for example. And in a similar way with even other problems in the world, we're not really solving problems. One of the reasons we don't solve problems is because we distort the truth or we exaggerate or we can't get to the nitty gritty for different reasons and we don't really get there. Here's here's an example of that. There's an article written by in uh, the Free Press last week called, uh, I Left Out the Full Truth to Get My Climate Change Paper Published by a scientist named Patrick T. Brown. And the LA Times wrote a response to this today because people have freaked out about this guy's article. I want to share some things with you with it. Now, this guy, Patrick Brown, is a climate scientist, believes climate change is real. He's not a climate denier in that category. He is somebody who uh, really thinks we need to be paying attention to climate change. But what he says in this paper is profound. And he talks about how, as a climate scientist, he feels like, and he's, he stated a specific article that he just published. He said, I didn't tell you everything in that article. I fudged things. I made that article make climate change sound worse because I knew if I gave any information at all that would say it's not as bad as people are saying, that it wouldn't even get published, that I wouldn't get any information out. That's what the article is about. Uh, it's called, I Left Out the Full Truth to Get My Climate Change Paper Published. I'll put that out on our uh, social media at Pastor Scott Show. He said, if you've ever been reading any news about wildfires this summer, from Canada to Europe to Maui, you will surely get the impression that they are mostly the result of climate change. And then he starts, he gives these uh, news headlines. AP, climate change keeps making wildfires and smoke worse. Scientists call it the new abnormal. PBS NewsHour, wildfires driven by climate change are on the rise. Spain must do more to prepare, experts say. New York Times, how climate change turned lush Hawaii into a tinderbox. Bloomberg, Maui fires show climate change's ugly reach. And he says this, he says, I am a climate scientist. And while climate change is an important factor affecting wildfires over many parts of the world, he says it isn't even close to the only factor that deserves our sole focus. He points out that 80% of fires are set by humans. That it has nothing to do with natural causes, lightning or excessive heat or climate change or anything. It's people doing something stupid and they set the fire, right? Accidents that set those fires. And then he even talks about how and the, the extent of those fires, the reason that they are worse 
He says climate change has a little bit to do with it, in his opinion. But he says the way we manage our forests have changed. There are so many other things, he says, that are factors for why some of these fires are so bad. He says climate change really has very little to do with it. And yet, if I point that out in my articles as a climate scientist, he says they won't publish it and I'll get nothing out. That's kind of the gist of his article. You know, and he says this, he says, so why does the press focus so intently on climate change as the root cause? Perhaps for the same reason I just did. And he names the paper in Nature magazine. He says, the paper I just published, Climate Warming Increases Extreme Daily Wildfire Growth Risk in California. He says it focuses exclusively on how climate change has affected extreme wildlife uh, wildfire behavior. But he said, I knew not to try to quantify key aspects other than climate change in my research because it would dilute the story uh, that prestigious journals like Nature and its rival scientists or science wants to tell. Now, this admission went way beyond his audience because people have attached that and said, you know, this is why we're not trusting the science anymore. And this is why we can't come to a conclusion as a society on this. And he writes, it's a very good article and... You know, he says, to put it bluntly, climate science has become less about understanding the complexities of the world and more about serving as a kind of Cassandra, urgently warning the people, the public about the dangers of climate change. A Cassandra, if if you don't know what that is, and I had to look it up, it is a metaphor of a person who is warning people about something, but they don't believe it, right? And he says that that's what this has become. And uh, he says, ultimately, because we don't really publish the truth about it and all of the pros and cons and everything about wildfires, he says it distorts a great deal of client science research. It misinforms the public. And and most importantly, it makes practical solutions more difficult to achieve. In other words, you can't really solve problems if you're not really giving the reasons, if you're not really forthcoming in what the the reasons for the problem are what is actually causing the problem or if you exaggerate or if you fudge you know and so i i think about this in a lot of cases you know where we can't always give all the information right so how do we choose what information to give and and this is you know i mean more practical for all of us in our relationships with each other when we share about our faith when we share about our own story our own testimony it is important to be truthful it's important, I think, to be careful about uh, details you might share about yourself. Some of them might be helpful for that other person. Some of them may not. You know, how do you discern that? Are you, are you with me? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. And, you know, are we too careful? Are we, are we afraid that if we give the whole counsel of God, if we talk about Jesus and forgiveness and grace, but also judgment and hell and the harder things that Jesus talks about, are we are we holding that back? Or is it maybe the opposite? I know people who only talk about the hard stuff and rarely talk about grace and forgiveness and all of those things. 888-528-2557. This article, I think it confirms something that certainly is true I think on that subject of climate change, and it's true with a lot of things, is that there is too much pressure today in our culture to go along with a narrative that is there. And uh, he writes this about this in other other papers that are very influential. He wrote this, he wrote, 
Scientists calculated in another recent influential article that the two largest climate change impacts on society are deaths related to extreme heat and damage to agriculture. Now listen to this. He says, however, the authors never mention that climate change is not the dominant driver for either one of these impacts. Heat-related deaths have been declining and crop yields have been increasing for decades despite climate change, he says. And he says the authors ignore all of that. And they do that because his ultimate point is they won't even get published. That's a scary thing. You know, I think as believers, when we are putting our our faith out there and the truth, you know, this is one of the reasons why reading your Bible and doing Bible study matters. It's because if you really read your Bible, if you go through the books of the Bible, the whole thing, you're not just taking out subjects, you're taking out verses here and there, but you really read the Bible, you really read the whole book, well, then you get it all. Right Then you get, you get all the good stuff, but you get all the hard stuff. You know, read the Gospels. Just sit down and read them. You know, you will be, there used to be a Bible study on the campus of uh, UCSD, and it was, it was called Jesus Really Said That is, is what it was. And they would go through some of the harder things that Jesus had to say when he talks about hell and when he talks about judgment, talks about the end times. And, you know, the purpose of their Bible study was to say, there's a lot of people, even Christian groups, who are so focused on the grace of God, which is a fantastic, but they're not giving you the whole picture of who Jesus is as king, that he's coming again, that this is not just an option like a religious you know, track you might go through the same way you would go through a, a yoga class or some other uh, you know, philosophical point of view about life. This is about spiritual life and death. And that's what Jesus really came to do. Don't don't think for a second that Jesus was just simply a really good teacher who told us to love each other. He's a the best teacher there is who told us to love each other because he's God and he knows what's coming. He knows what the world is really about. He knows why you exist. He knows why we exist. Uh, it really matters that we understand the whole picture of God and that we are wise enough to realize that you really got to get in your Bible to understand that because you're not going to get it all in a 30-minute sermon. You're not going to get it in one radio show. You're not going to get it, you know, in just one period of time. There's a lifetime of study to get to know the Lord better. I got to take a break. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can always get our podcast by searching Pastor Scott Show podcast and click subscribe. You can follow us now on social media at Pastor Scott Show, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. I think it's a constant question. We've been talking about, you know, how to make sure you know what's being true, especially in a world where people fudge things. Um, for better or worse. You know, sometimes you fudge things and it's, uh, you know, I think acceptable. Other times it's just a lie. What about non-people fudging things? What about artificial intelligence that sometimes in the chat GPT or artificial intelligence servers now that are so common, sometimes it, it does something where it just makes it up. It's just a lie. It's the weirdest thing that your computer through AI will just lie to you. AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's, first of all, it's two letters. It means <laughs> artificial intelligence. Now, thank you, Madam Vice President. It means artificial intelligence. Sometimes it gives you artificial information. And 
my wife called me yesterday asking about texted me really. I say call. It's on the phone. You know, you may not be aware of it, but your your phone actually has a phone app, and you can call people on it. But I rarely use it. Um, instead, we you know we're texting each other, and uh, she's uh, texting me about AI because somebody at the school where she works got busted for using AI, artificial intelligence, to write a paper. And she's texting, and of course she's just sitting right next to me on the couch texting me. No, we're not really doing that, but uh, I know that happens. I know some of you. You're texting your spouse, and they're sitting in the room with you. Anyway. Uh, she's at work and uh, she wanted to know about this and how do we talk to our kids? Because if you're not aware of it, you just, you can, you can actually have these things, this computer write you a paper and you just tell it what the subject is, tell it how many words you want, how long, give it parameters and it'll do it. And the trouble is for kids is that it writes sort of at an academic level, I would say that's probably much higher than your average, uh, you know, seventh grader. But um, the weird thing is that sometimes it makes stuff up and the people who have programmed these artificial intelligence things, sometimes they don't even know why. It will just try to, you know, it's gathering information from the internet. It's probably not even making things up. What it is is somebody else, it's just taking information that's out there, that's on the internet. So what happens is, is it probably grabbed information from somebody else that's wrong and then it presented it as fact. So one of the things I said to Christy, I said, is, well, this is going to be part of life. We're going to have to treat artificial intelligence like any other research tool. Like, you know, in my day, back in my day, you know, we had the World Book Encyclopedia, right? Did you have that whole set? You know, there was a couple. There was Encyclopedia Britannica, and uh, that was probably for the real smart people. And for people who who uh, bought it from a door-to-door salesman or from some guy at the mall, you probably got the World Book Encyclopedia, my dad got in a big argument. I'll never forget this as a kid. He went to – he was talking to this World Book Encyclopedia guy at the mall and uh, different time of the mall. This guy was sitting out in front of – they used to have these stores in the mall where you could go in there and buy a piano, right? You'd go in – they'd have pianos. You can just, in any mall. They had them in every mall. There'd be like a bookstore and there'd be, you know, a toy store and then there would be a music store and then you could go buy a piano, you know, and they cost a million dollars, but you could get that at the and or these organs, and there'd be somebody up there playing this organ, and people used to have those in their homes. Those are long gone now. Those stores, anyway. This guy was selling encyclopedias, and my dad's talking to him forever, and I think my dad was just having a good time talking to this guy, but this guy was trying to make a sale, and we already had the World Book at home. We you know we didn't need it, and uh, that guy was about to hit my dad when he found out he wasn't really interested in buying the things. You know, be careful about the encyclopedia salespeople. Well, we don't, I don't think we have them anymore. It's all online, right? Then you have Wikipedia, which is the online encyclopedia now, right? You guys ever uh, edit that the way that works? Wikipedia, by the way, is it's crowdsourced, meaning that you can go on there right now and put in information. And whether it's true or not, you know, it has some pretty good tools to make you cite things and there's, it's footnoted and other stuff, but it's often wrong also. We live in a time where there's just stuff published out there and stuff being done that is just not accurate, but it's in a form where we think it's accurate. That's a that's a scary thing about AI. I told my wife, I said, we have to treat this like uh, an encyclopedia. I should go back and say Wikipedia because more like that. We should, but it's a research tool that I think people will find very useful ultimately, but you can't just cut and paste it the same way you can't just cut and paste and copy something out of the encyclopedia and put it in your paper as a student. You have to do, put it in your own words and show that you understand the information. That's part of the, the education. 
Um, but I think AI, you know, it's all the kids are all using it. And, you know, it's you, you always know when, uh, you know, a kid who can barely uh, put a sentence together suddenly writes something articulate if you're a teacher. But I think the older they get the and the smarter AI gets, because I don't know if I want to say this real loud, but uh, you can tell AI to write me a paper in typical language of a seventh grader and then you'll get that. That's the really crazy thing. Anyway, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We're talking about getting things right. And, uh, you know, I think biblically speaking, you know, as we were talking about that before the break, this matters as well. We have to be really careful about information that we get, even about the scriptures or commentaries, because people can write stuff. People can just do today a blog. You know, when I was in seminary, you had commentary series. I have books. I have books on my wall, right? That, And I have books. I have them all digitally now. But there's commentary series. They're very serious. And you, you kind of know, you know, sort of liberal conservatives, you know, direction of all of it. But they're written by scholars. You know who those people are. Now you have a TikTok that is the most seen commentary in the world, written by or performed, in this case, by somebody who uh, might be doing their best but maybe they haven't studied. Maybe they're just making it up. It's a crazy time we live in, but we've got to be aware of it. Uh, JT in Hermosa Beach, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott, I'm going to tie something that just broke this week with an event that happened 60 years ago that changed history with artificial intelligence. Paul Landis, who was a Secret Service agent when President Kennedy was shot, has come forth to talk about the the so-called magic bullet. And he's got a lot of credibility, which, like many things, casts doubt in the original version. So if we can have people like Alan Dulles, J. Edgar Hoover, and all these people in power that we've seen over the years where evidence has come out that they they had all these secrets, Richard Helms, and they could cover up stuff, why is it a stretch to believe that... um, Part of something can artificially intelligent wise also do the same thing that people can do. People can either tell the truth and cover it up in the same thing with artificial intelligence, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, well, so, and, and the artificial intelligence is is drawing from what is publicly available on mm-hmm. the Internet everywhere, and it doesn't know that what it's drawing from might be false, right? So well, it, this, it will then this, present it, though, as true. Yeah. Well, this is why if people think for themselves... And this is why we used to have courses in school that were taught like, um, you know, like, uh, you know, cursive uh, writing and, and, and uh, critical thinking. Then people are taught not what to think, but how to think. And if you take that away and you dumb down people, they don't know what to think, really. And that's the, you know, I think that's a big piece of all of this is we don't teach how to think. You know, we used to take mm-hmm. logic. I had to take the philosophy of logic, which is like a bizarre math class, right? But it taught mm-hmm. you to hear somebody's argument and say, does this make sense, you know, um, and how to take an, uh, you know, a written argument or a verbal argument from somebody and look at it and go, are they saying two plus two is four or are they saying two plus two is five? And there's, there's a logical way to do that. And yep. you know, with a lot of things, you can filter out a lot. Uh, we need to bring that back. We need to bring out, particularly in a time when we're worried about fake news, artificial intelligence. In fact, there's a, I was going to play it, but it turned out to be real. It was a Donald Trump interview that some group did that everybody thought was fake for about a week. And they kept swearing up and down it was really Donald Trump. And it didn't exactly sound like Donald Trump. It sounded like one of these emulators of Donald Trump, except that yes. the things he said really sounded like Donald Trump. And we were remarking about it in here. We're like, that really... It doesn't sound like him, but it does sound like what he would say. 
and mm-hmm. but it turned out to actually be him. So the weird part of this one is it was him, but people even didn't believe that it was. Uh, we're living in a in a time where we have to be very very careful. Uh, thanks for your call, JT. I appreciate it. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Maybe one more here, uh, Imelda in Los Angeles. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi, how are you? Good, good. Just a coincidence. Today we just had a training on how to use Chat GPT, and then there's another one. This I can't remember like what it is. Like your business? But for teachers. Oh, no, for, for teachers. Oh, yeah. What would you learn today? To help us you know, come up with our lesson plans. And you were talking about how kids can misuse it. Yeah. There's features within those sites where teachers can uh, make them so that kids do not use it. Uh-huh. Or you're able to recognize if they used they mis, misused my, it. My son James told so, me about that last night because I talked to him, and he said, well, yeah, but they also have things in there so the teachers can recognize. Of course, in the back uh-huh, of my mind, I'm uh-huh. thinking, well, in five minutes, the kids are going to know how to get around that. <laughs> exactly. Right. So it's evolving, it's evolving, but as a teacher, yeah, I've been teaching 20 years, and now I'm like, wow, I wish this was around to help me with my lesson plan with, you know, using uh, the standards, the state California standards, and helping me create lessons. So to me, it's helpful. Yeah, it's and, a, it, if it's yeah. used correctly, it's an incredible tool. If used correctly. Yeah. And you were making a comment about, you know, and the teacher that was training us was saying, be careful of just, just copy and paste and give it to the kids, but review it because there might be incorrect information. Yep, and, that, and that's, you have to do that, is that it, your lesson plan could be wrong, because it draws information from the wrong source, uh, but it's uh-huh. it's pretty good. It is pretty good. So it's it's so it's, interesting that you're you're being trained to use it. Yeah, just too late. Yeah, such all a right, Amelda. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. We're about out of time. We'll do some more on AI because I think it's uh, incredibly important. Hey, on Friday, I think we're going to do some uh, giveaways on our show, some mugs and some books. So make sure you tune in for Open Line Friday. You can bring in uh, the AI and whatever other, other subject you want to talk about. Uh, you can follow us on uh, social media. Just look for at Pastor Scott Show. Give us a follow, and you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. The Pastor Scott Show. Click subscribe, everybody. Three to five, Pastor Scott Show. We will see you tomorrow. God bless. Have a good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.